Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminal, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by us, your bartenders. I'm Tabitha, and Katie's on crack. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Say> crack again. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. I am not taking that out of this episode. <laughs> I'm Katie and I am not on crack, um, <laughs> but maybe I should be. <laughs> Welcome back. Today's part two of our Jeffrey Dahmer series. Since we had a gap in between uh, this uh, episode and the first one in the series, I'm going to do a quick little recap. Uh, so in part one, we discussed Dahmer's childhood through his high school years and covered his first murder of hitchhiker Stephen Hicks. Um, who he killed at the Dahmer family home just a few weeks after he graduated high school. Um, In this episode, we're going to cover his military career and some of his other first murders. But first, we have a drink to make with you. We kind of cheated when we did our last episode. We just had a PBR. So this week, we actually have a recipe. As we all know, Dahmer was an alcoholic, and what mixes better with alcohol than sleeping pills? Dahmer typically would share a rum and coke with his victims, but he would put sleeping pills in the drinks to um, incapacitate them. Uh, One victim, he served Baileys and coffee, which is just kind of weird, actually, to me that he served him Baileys and coffee. I don't know why that's so weird, but tonight we're putting a little twist on the classic rum and coke because he, those were his two drinks. So rum and coke or Baileys and coffee, those are like the two go-tos that he would give to people. So we're calling gotta this Gotta change drink, it up. Gotta change it up a bit. <laughs> we're gonna call this one the $50 nightcap. <laughs> and you'll learn why later. <laughs> In a highball glass, you're gonna add a scoop of ice, or you can do frozen coffee ice cubes if you wanna be extra fancy. You're gonna add one ounce of white or gold rum, one ounce of Bailey's, a scoop of ice, and fill the rest with four to six ounces of Coca Cola. Lightly stir and enjoy. You can find this recipe on our Instagram, which is at Crimes and Cocktails. Yep, and you should follow us on there, too. Give us a like. Give us a shout. Oh, after a the... holler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll go ahead and jump on into this. But I also just want to say thank you, Patreons. We do have stickers coming your way um, for December. We've lagged a little bit on that. Uh, if you're not part of our Patreon, you should definitely sign up at patreon.com slash crimesandcocktails. We, if you want to send us a little coffee or something to keep Katie awake so she doesn't have to do crack, we'd appreciate that. If you wanted to send some crack, no, I was kidding. No, kidding. no, no. <laughs> I am so kidding. And if anybody from my work is listening to this, go it's ahead a hell and of a drug. <laughs> drug test me. It'll come back clean every time. Right, so Except after the... that one time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
well, no, I was kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> after the murder of Stephen Hicks, Dahmer's father, Lionel, moved back into the family home with his new fiance, Sherry. In August of 1978, Dahmer enrolled at Ohio State University. He was majoring in business, and his father was paying for his school, which, lucky, lucky. So he wasn't a, a success at college because he was drinking still. Um, he was drinking more and more, just kept escalating. I mean, I was a success at college, and I drank. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know <laughs> when to do it. You got to know when to do it. But you also were paying for it yourself, and that changes things. So. That does. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lionel later recalled that when he came to visit Jeffrey at school, his room was just covered in empty alcohol bottles. Uh, Jeffrey dropped out of school after only three months. He couldn't hang. So uh, January 1979, Lionel suggested that Jeffrey join the military since he wasn't going to school anymore. So Dahmer went ahead and did that. He enlisted in the Army and was trained at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas as a medical specialist. Um, I can imagine at this point, his father was proud. He was just like, you know, he's a little boy playing in the garage with bird bones. And now he's in the medical field. They grow up so fast. <laughs> yeah, so, I just like uh, taking things apart. <laughs> yes, seeing what's inside. But, uh, yeah, so he's in the army now. He's in the army. And after training, Dahmer was stationed in... I want to say bum holder, but I don't think that's how you say it. <laughs> Baumholder. Baumholder, Germany. Which, uh, hello to you German listeners, by the way. <laughs> which would have been West Germany around this time. At some point, fellow soldiers found out that Dahmer was a virgin and had never even kissed a girl. So they took him to Annabella's house, which is a well-known brothel to get him a prostitute to deliver his virginity. You know... The classic way, right? Am I right? <laughs> but to Jeffrey, he uh, he snuck out and he later told the men that he never wanted to go back there. They didn't think much of it. They just thought, oh, he's shy. Not that that just wasn't his thing. A fellow medic named Preston Davis claimed in 2010 that while he was in bum holder, <laughs> bum holder, <laughs> Dahmer. The Dahmer <laughs> drugged and raped him inside of an armored vehicle, and shortly after, Davis left Germany. In later years, Davis said that Dahmer made him uncomfortable even before his rape because he had made racist comments towards him, which escalated the more Dahmer drank. I personally don't think that that's true, just because I just don't think Dahmer was actually racist, but um, I don't know. There, there's some, like, interviews later about that. I mean, Dahmer, one of the arguments that Dahmer was, like, only killing people of color is because maybe he is racist towards him, but he actually... That's what he found attractive. Yeah, um, that's what he was attracted he to. He was attracted to, but I'm sure that that, you know, Dahmer was creepy, so I'm sure that whatever he was saying was probably construed as being racist. Yeah, it was like, that's true. He was all, oh, look at that. Dark skin. Look at that. Yeah, look at that milky bar. No, no, oh god. <laughs> um, oh wait, what? Oh, but, um, so I'm sure it was probably something. You yeah. Know, around that. Line. I mean, whatever he's doing, he wasn't doing anything good. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, Dahmer's new, ra- uh, new roommate. I said roommate. Sorry. Was a 17-year-old well, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Billy Joe Capshaw. 
Shortly after Capshaw moved in, Dahmer began to torment him by tying him to the bunk, beating him, and then raping him. Capshaw complained to their higher-ups, but it wasn't taken seriously, and when he was called a pussy. Dahmer would also lock Capshaw in the room as a way to control him uh, and withhold his mail. After several complaints, Capshaw was finally taken for a rape kit, but nothing happened, and he later found out that he was... um, that it was discarded without even being tested. So they didn't take his rape kit very seriously. I think, you know, in the 70s and 80s around this time, it's kind of like just don't tell, like, scenario. Like, if anything happens to you, we just don't want to know about it, don't want to hear about it. Nothing bad happens. Just take it kind of a thing. Homosexuality made a lot of people uncomfortable around this time frame. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Dahmer's drinking continued to get worse and worse, and by March of 1981, he was honorably discharged from the army. Um, I think it's insane that he was honorably discharged because he was drinking <laughs> like crazy, you know, like maybe a... saying racist things, Sir Davis, uh, raping people. <laughs> um, and, you know, Capshaw was obviously complaining about him, and he's just, they're just like, yeah, honorably discharged. Wow. Whatever. Like I said, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, so both Davis and Capshaw um, didn't speak about their abuse at the hands of Dahmer until later on in life, um, after he was already dead. You know, because of the stigma, and Capshaw said it was something he never wanted his father to find out um, about because he was ashamed, so he didn't come forward until after his dad died as well. Yeah. I think it was uh, about 2010. 2010. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw him in like a recent documentary and they were mm-hmm. like, this is pretty uncomfortable that this happened. Yeah. Yeah. After Dahmer was discharged, he lived briefly in Southern Florida where he worked at a sandwich shop and he slept on the beach. Uh, Dahmer said he would often stay up getting, getting lit until two or three in the morning. But he mainly, I mean, he obviously had an alcohol problem, but he would also stay up super late drinking because he wanted to make sure he wasn't getting robbed in his sleep because he pretty much had like a little camping area set up on the beach that he would chill at. And he said one time someone stole $100 off of him, so he was just kind of living there, making sandwiches, drinking on the beach. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) I guess around the time he lived there in that area, a six-year-old boy went missing from the, I think it's called the Hollywood Mall. Not in Hollywood, though, in Florida. And the boy was later found beheaded. So Dahmer has denied this his entire life, that he has anything to do with this. And we'll get into it a little bit later, but he, he is very adamant about saying that he's not a pedophile or into children. But there's nothing linking him to this murder other than the fact that he was in this area around the time. So I don't think that Dahmer would have done it because he admitted to all of his other murders later on. And I don't see why he wouldn't admit to this one, too, other than maybe because it was a child. But I don't think he's totally at this level yet. That little boy was actually the son of the guy who hosts America's Most Wanted. Really? Um, Yeah. So the guy, um, oh, gosh, his name was the little boy was named Sean, I believe. And his father was what is it? John Hughes, Jack Hughes. I think the last name is Hughes. But it's the host of the guy who does America's Most Wanted, and he started doing that because his little boy went missing. Um, and uh, John I, Walsh. Walsh. And his son's name was Adam. <laughs> Completely wrong. I don't know anybody's <laughs> <it> name. <laughs> but yes, but he, he was the host. So, yeah. Or he is, is the host. Um, and that's why uh, he 
started hosting because his son went missing. And I think he later said, um, has said that he didn't think it was Dahmer either because Dahmer was very forthcoming about who he, he killed. So, yeah. Um, but interesting connection and obviously terrible. That little boy, um, and the Walsh family or the Hughes family, as I like to call them. (laughs) So, um, Dahmer got tired of uh, living the Floridian life, and he went back to Ohio. He continued drinking, of course. Surprisingly um, to yeah, me. Yeah, surprisingly. Right? The guy's like an alcoholic. <laughs> I would think you went better than rum on the beach. Yeah. And they got coffee, because, you know, it's like some coffee. It's a big coffee culture over there, too. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, I have to say this drink is interesting. I didn't think I was going to like cola with the coffee flavor but i actually do it tastes it, it's it kind tastes of creamy good. it's pretty good oh. it's almost like a latte but not tea. <laughs> but better because there's <laughs> alcohol in i'm it. happier after i drink it yes oh in december of 1981 Dahmer was arrested for drunk and disorderly conduct um and fined 60 dollars he sat in jail for 10 days so it's his like dad's- how much my parking ticket is Right, <laughs> but you didn't, at least you don't have to sit in jail for ten days. For True. Um, so his dad sends him to West Allis, Wisconsin, to live with his grandmother. And West Allis is about ten minutes from Milwaukee. Uh, it was a pretty good living arrangement for a while. Dahmer knew he had um, his demons and agreed to go to church with his grandma. He would help clean up around the house, got a job as a phlebotomist for 10 months until he was eventually laid off. They're like, you like this blood a little bit too much. (laughs) You're not supposed to drink it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was Kool-Aid. I guess I'll just go. (laughs) And then uh, he lived off whatever his grandma gave him for the next two years. Poor grandma. I know. Just Just ship ship my son off there. I don't want to deal with him. He's so drunk. I'll, I'll have I'll grandma deal with him. Gosh. What the hell? If he can't handle him, grandma can. Oh, in 1982, he was arrested for indecent exposure at the state fair. And in 1986, he was arrested for masturbating in front of a group of 12-year-old boys. Uh, however, Dahmer said that he was urinating and the boys must have mistaken it for something <laughs> else. You don't uh, pump it to go to the bathroom? <laughs> right. Uh, these are 12-year-old boys. I'm sure they know what was going on. So the charges were changed to disorderly conduct instead. Um, he was given one-year probation. And during Dahmer's arrest and prison time, his father, Lionel, supported him and made sure that he was given the best legal help. Um, to just, like, let him, let him sit in jail. <laughs> I would have let him sit in jail Seriously. if he was my kid. At this um, point, it's just like, you need... Or rehab. Like, why didn't you yeah. think about taking him to rehab? I mean, so maybe they dumping did. him off on Granny. Gosh. God. Work for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so around this time that he is living with his grandma, Dahmer is going to the Bathhouse Club, which is a meeting place for gay men in Milwaukee. At first, he would have consensual sex with men here. So basically, you go there. It's pretty easy. I remember it's like, there's this one movie. I can't remember what it's called where they're like, oh, no, it's so easy to tell if a gay guy's into you. You just hold eye contact for three seconds or whatever. Do you That's, know what movie um, He's just not that into you. Yeah, and he's all one, two. Walk away and thank you for playing. One, <laughs> two, three. Oh, it's on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't really know, but... um. I guess at this bathhouse, it was kind of like you just went there, met someone, 
and they had different rooms there and you'd go and have sex with them. But he started getting frustrated that his partners were interacting with him and he just wanted them to lay still. So he decided to start drugging them with sleeping pills so that he could just do what he wanted with them and not have them move at all. And he got several warnings by the bathhouse managers and stuff. He was never prosecuted, um, but he was his membership was revoked. I think people never reported these as rapes because people didn't really want this to get out or be outed at all. Yeah, they were in Milwaukee in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody honestly would have taken them seriously. Now we're in 1987. Dahmer is still on probation and he's continuing his bullshit of hunting around, drunking men, raping them. He also got a <laughs> Just job. Just casual use. <laughs> yeah, the, the usual for him. Uh, he got a job at Ambrosia Chocolate Factory, which, fun fact, my dog Minerva's name was originally Ambrosia when I got her at the... Um, at the SPCA, but obviously I changed that, <laughs> changed that right quick. You're like, no. Um, yeah, so. Ambrosia is still a well-known chocolate factory. It is. The building where Dahmer worked, I think they tore down, but um, they are still a company. They've been, like, around since the 1800s, so. They wanted um, to make sure there were no bones in the chocolate. <laughs> yeah bone dust yeah so um he was working nights as a chocolate mixer from 11 p.m to 7 a.m six times a week and it was his only days off were saturdays so that's when he would frequent the gay bars take a guess at what Dahmer made at the ambrosia chocolate factory by the way chocolate covered penises he no <laughs> no i didn't mean what he made <laughs> i meant what he made per hour <laughs> Let me recover from that. Uh, okay, so this is 1987. I'm gonna say $10 an hour. Okay, well that's crazy. First of all, that you'd even guess that because minimum wage was like four dollars, like or something like that. So I, I'm surprised. He made nine dollars an hour, which okay, is like I, I knew it was high, which is like insane. Insane. That's nine dollars an hour. First of all, is like minimum wage now, basically, or like a year ago. And yeah, I was making like nine dollars an hour my first job. I honestly think I think minimum wage in the eighties was like around two dollars or something like that. But I looked it up at like the you know to see what nine dollars an hour would be like in today's terms. It's like eighteen dollars and ninety cents an hour that he made to work at a fucking Uh, chocolate factory, and all he did was mix chocolate. I'll do that job. Like He didn't go to college. He didn't <laughs> barely graduated high school. He's drunk all the time. And he's making more than the average person. I not to like flex, I do make more than that. But I also have so much stress. <laughs> I would not be stressed mixing chocolate. No. Oh my god. I do not make more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. I will remember that and I go to my <laughs> shitty job. Jeffrey Dahmer made more than me mixing chocolate in a chocolate factory. I need a raise. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh my god. Around this time also, when he was living at grandma's and he got kicked out of the bathhouse, so he's like, damn it, can't do that anymore. He stole a mannequin from a Milwaukee department store. It was called the Boston store, which I think might have just gone out of business recently, actually. But he hid in the store, 
waited until he closed, until the store closed, and then he grabbed a mannequin and smuggled it out so it could be his cuddle buddy. Took his new toy back to Grandma's house. He liked the way that the mannequin would just lay perfectly still next to him, and he would cuddle with it and, you know, use it for some stuff. Uh, There's actually a few debates. I was reading some articles on this about sex dolls and, like, it's basically a sex doll now. You know, like, we're all, oh, that's, that's creepy. He made like, it into one, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's creepy because you never really think about this, but he liked the doll because it didn't move. It was like it was dead. And so it's like, hey. do sex dolls kind of fulfill these fantasies for people now? Or, like, do they help them or deter them? Do they develop more weird fantasies? Like, I can make this doll do whatever I want it to do, or this doll is like a dead reenacting a dead person so it's kind of fucking creepy (laughs) i feel like there is i i think they're creepy and i think that they also like kind of develop in people a way to mistreat you know women and see them just as this sex doll because if they're associating sex with just an inanimate object then they're going to start treating you know like if they're ever able to get a real woman into bed yeah unless you're like the, the real lars Oh, Lars and the Real Girl? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Lars and the Real Girl. Ryan Gosling just... could do no wrong, so I'm okay with that <laughs> situation. Then it's just like, aw, poor guy. He just wants a girlfriend. Yeah. That's, he's he cute, just, so it's okay. He just no, wants something to stick his cock into. Give him a break. Oh, no, yeah, but, oh. but I guess uh, dear old grandma eventually found this probably cum-infested mannequin and Ugh, made Dahmer toss it out. I know. She's like, what is this? This poor grandma had to see so much shit. And yet, for some reason, <laughs> I, I had no idea. <laughs> if I was his grandma, I'd be like, Lord, take my sight. <laughs> if I was his grandma, he's like in his 20s, I've been like, get out. <laughs> yeah, you're making fucking $9 an hour over at the chocolate factory. I know, unless he's like helping her pay rent or something. But I just feel like... Not worth it. Not worth <laughs> it. I feel like you are going to the Looney Tunes place or getting you some help. I don't know. Something. <laughs> so now we're in November of 1987, and he meets 25-year-old Stephen Tuami um, at a bar. The two get drunk, and they agree to leave together and get a room at the Ambassador Hotel, which is in Milwaukee. Once they're there, they continue their drinking binge and... Dahmer said he had brought Tuami to the hotel with the intent of drugging and raping him. But then the next thing he remembers is he's waking up and Tuami's just like next to him dead. He doesn't remember killing him. He doesn't remember anything that happened the night before. He accidentally like switched their drinks around. No, like he <laughs> Tuami's chest was like caved in. He was bleeding from his mouth and his nose. Um, it was overall just Tuami was obviously in very bad shape and he looked like he had been beaten to death. So, um, yeah, Dahmer just killed him with his bare hands. And since he hadn't planned on on killing him, he uh, left Tuami alone in the room, which I'd be so worried about the maids. But then the, I know. went to a nearby... Housekeeping! <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> I know, right? He's all do not disturb. Um, so he went to a nearby mall, got a suitcase, and then he went back to the hotel, stuffed Tuami inside, and then brought his body back to, to Grandma's basement. So... 
I was reading about this, actually, this incident, and apparently the taxi driver who picked up Dahmer was, like, helping him put the bag in the trunk, and he was like, oh, this bag's super heavy and smells. What do you got in here, a body? (laughs) (laughs) Dahmer's just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The taxi driver's just, like, chuckling at his own joke and then later finds out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was a fucking body. <laughs> oh, my oh God. my God. Also, can you imagine, like, the department store and Dahmer's, like, in there looking at the sizes of suitcases? Like, right. imagine him, like, sitting in one. Hmm, yeah, I could fit in here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the sales guy's a little bit smaller, and he's like... He's like, how about you get in, you get and in I'll see what this... <laughs> I just want to test this out for size. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> So, I'm like, that thing must have been big. Uh, Anyway, so, he's at Grandma's basement. He takes out Tuami's body and masturbates onto him. And then dismembers the body, puts it up in trash bags. He keeps the head. Um, He wraps it up and then then boils it to take the skin off so he could keep the skull. Um, And so, he keeps the skull, uses it to masturbate with, but starts to fall apart because he had overboiled it. Um, I actually did that one time. Not with your head, but uh, <laughs> hate when you overcook your food. When I overcook no. it, no. I was in bio- marine biology class in high school, and we had dissected sharks. And <laughs> my friend and I really wanted to keep the teeth of the shark, and we're like, "Oh, let's keep the sheep So we the teeth. So we boiled it, but then when we pulled it out, it literally just disintegrated in our hands because we had like Overboiled overcooked it. it or whatever, something like that. Yeah, did a Dahmer. <laughs> Did a dumber. dumber. Damn it. Oh, God. Oh, did a dumber. Yeah. So he had to get rid of the skull. He had to get rid of the skull. So there was actually nine years between the murders of the two Stevens. Uh, If you remember the hitchhiker and now the Stephen Tuami. Uh, Keep wanting to say Tsunami, but Tuami. And now Dahmer... Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. Stephen Tuami. Uh, Dahmer's starting to get a feel for what he likes. He's like, okay. This feels good. Human skull, masturbate with. I like that. I like them when they don't move. I like that. Uh, But it's not satisfying when he has to get rid of the skull, so he needs something else. So outside one of the gay bars in Milwaukee, Dahmer picks up 14-year-old Native American prostitute named James Dockstater. I'm I'm apologizing. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of names in this episode and the next one, by the way. But he picks up right. this pr- uh, prostitute in 1988. He got in the car, got him in the car by offering him money to take nude photographs of him. Which this is where we talk about the fifty dollar nightcap. So a lot of these guys that he gets to come back with him, he says the same thing. He's like, "Hey, can I like take some pictures of you like naked? I'll pay you fifty bucks." Now I'm trying to think of what fifty dollars would be in today's money and I think it's around like a hundred dollars um I don't think a hundred dollars is worth enough for like a naked picture personally no uh, pictures are forever like the pictures are forever fifty dollars is momentary although <laughs> I gotta think about the people that he's approaching though you know people yeah. that are probably struggling financially they've probably this done a lot a 14... worse yeah, yeah, this is a 14-year-old boy 14-year-old who's in boy. this situation where he's a prostitute at 14. So, obviously, everything in his life has been He's shit. like, 
I just suck some seven-year-old man's dick for less. <laughs> I know, so 50 like, bucks and it's just naked pictures yeah, and you don't touch me? Yeah. Probably but. better. So he gets him in the car. He offers to take him the money. He takes him back to grandma's house. Uh, and he drugs him by serving him some sleeping pills and some Baileys and coffee. And then he rapes him. And then he strangles him to death. And Dahmer disposes of the body the same way he did with Tuami. He takes him apart, he dismembers him, he pulverizes his bones, and then he puts him in the trash. And he keeps the skeleton, the skull, I'm sorry, not the skeleton, the skull. Uh, So he keeps it that way. And he's got a little system here, putting all of it in the trash. On March 24th of 1988, Dahmer meets 22-year-old Richard Guerrero outside of one of the gay bars called The Phoenix in Milwaukee. He convinces him to get in the car by offering him $50 to stay the night. A little bit more, I guess, this time than just pictures. Garrow gets in the car. Dahmer takes him back to Grandma's house where he gives him again Bailey's coffee and sleeping pills. He rapes him and then he strangles him to death. So, uh, the, the last victim, he performs sexual activities on him before he kills him. Just But he's just laying there limp because he's knocked out. And then he kills him, and then he dismembers him. Guerrero is where he kind of escalates a little bit. And so he, after he kills him, he masturbates over his body, and then he decides to rape his corpse before dismembering him. So he's progressing here a little bit more. He's like, you know. Let's try this out. Let's try this out. And he, again, dismembers him, crushes the bones, puts him in trash bags, puts the head in boiling water, and to keep the skull. I really want to know what the garbage man is thinking when, you know, he comes Wednesday morning or whenever he comes and it's just like, uh, damn, this one guy, this little woman, they're throwing away all this, this food or, you know, whatever. Cause I'm sure it's, it's heavy. It got like, smells so bad. And it smells so bad. And they're just like, why do they have all this, this rotten meat? And you know, grandma's it's just so like, gross. little Jeffy is just in the basement all day. I don't know why I don't see him. All I could think of is that, you know, they thought he was, like, getting into, like, taxidermy when he was, like, a kid. So Grandma's probably like, oh, he's up to his old tricks. (laughs) Yeah, he's roadkill. (laughs) Like, Uh, I don't know. It's just so gross, though. And, I mean, she was in her 80s around this time. I looked up. She was born in 1904. This is 88. So she's kind of old. Grandma's um, been through two world wars. She's stunned. She's like, <laughs> you can't stun me. I've yeah. seen it all. <laughs> By September of 1988, Jeffrey has already killed now four victims, and he's starting to acquire a taste, no pun intended, for uh, killing and uh, eating oh the God. leftovers. Not really. But he hasn't really actually started eating it. But he I'm sure found, he's thinking about it. I'm sure he's thinking about it. I mean, he's already, yeah. like, cooking them in a pot on the stove, so. Yeah, he's like, I bet that's where he's just all, hmm, skull soup. Skull <laughs> soup. He found Ugh. that he had started to really be attracted to um, younger, hairless men, which... I mean, they're really like boys. He, like I said earlier, he never wants to admit that he liked younger boys. He is like, no, I'm not a pedophile. I don't like little kids. Like, it's not like that at all. Um, But he says the phrase Chippendale type guys. That's what he likes. So he's like, basically like hairless, uh, very thin, like kind of not really muscular features, just 
thin, hairless guys, like model type. Smooth. Yeah, like yeah. model kind of type, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and on September 24th of 1988, Dahmer has now lured thirteen a 13-year-old boy back to his grandma's house under the pretense that he would pay the boy for a few pictures. This name I'm definitely going to mess up and I feel really bad about it, but he served Keeson Cynthia Sumphone. Synth- yeah, I don't know how to say it. I'm so sorry if like that's your last name. I don't know how to say it. I'm really, really sorry. I tried to look up how to say it and Google couldn't even help me. So they thought I was misspelling something. Uh, but he serves him Baileys and coffee with some sleeping pills. However, he... I don't know if he was running low on sleeping pills at this point or if he just didn't give him enough. Because this, this is a 13-year-old boy. So my assumption is he maybe like was running low on sleeping pills or something and didn't give him enough. But Keeson was still conscious when Dahmer uh, molested him and he was trying to escape. I did read somewhere that Dahmer kind of just let him go. I'm not really sure why or how accurate this is. Maybe because this is a much younger person than he's been previously hooking up with. Um, But anyhow, Keeson escaped and he reports the sexual assault to the police Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested and charged with sexual assault and enticing a child with immoral purposes. However, Dahmer was released only a week later, so I don't think... Yeah, he was charged with that, but um, he hadn't, like, a sentence or a trial or anything yet, and they released him a week later on bail, and he actually wasn't really found guilty of this almost a year later in January of 1990, I believe it was. But. So ridiculous that this little boy just happens to him and they just let him go. Yeah. Let him go. This is, um, like we said earlier, Dahmer was attracted. He was, he went after a lot of black men. He went off a lot of, um, just, you know, minorities. And he go after a lot of white guys. Hispanic, part of that, Filipino, black. Yeah. 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 And uh, this kid was Latian. And I think... I mean, part of the reason why is he was attracted to them, but also later, I mean, why he gets away with so many of these is that, you know, the police didn't care because they weren't white. Um, and Yeah, this boy was an immigrant yeah. that had, mm-hmm. his family had just moved there not too long before this happened, so I'm sure the police didn't take it that seriously. Yeah. So while Dahmer was out on bail, he went out to the bars looking for his next victim, um, and on March 25th, 1989, Dahmer met Anthony Sears at a Milwaukee gay club called La Cage. Anthony Sears was bisexual with a girlfriend, but would often frequent the gay bars with friends. On, um, on that night, Sears and Dahmer were dropped off at Dahmer's grandma's house by Sears' friend, um, who probably felt awful. And after, yeah, after, after hooking up at good old grandma's house. Now you guys know why though. Granny Dahmer. I have friends that go to bars and meet people and just like go home with them. And I'm like, hell no. Hell no. I don't trust anybody. Mm -mm. Uh, No. And, um, because of the stuff like this, (laughs) it happens all the time. And so Dahmer, uh, they're at granny's and Dahmer drugs and strangles Sears with his belt and then places his body in his grandma's bathtub. So I don't know if he brought Gosh. him upstairs or what. He's all, I don't really planning on taking a bath? I don't, all, not tonight, honey. I know. Like, I but, don't know the layout of the house. I wish I did. Um, yeah. 
I imagine that Dahmer was living in the, um, in the basement. In the basement, yeah. I imagine he probably had like a makeshift apartment set up down there, but yeah, he probably had to go upstairs to use the restroom or something. Mm -hmm. And so he um, he gets the body into the bathtub, flays open the body, cutting into his stomach up to his sternum. He emptied all all the insides and placed them in the trash. Then he dismembered his limbs and pulverized the bones, setting aside his his prize head, and then also sears his penis. He disposed of the rest of the trash, um, or not the rest of the trash, the rest in the trash. I'm not going to call this guy's <laughs> body trash. Oh my gosh. Um, he cooked off the skin of the head so that he could have his little skull again, painted the skull gray to disguise it. Um, so, you know, if grandma saw it or whoever, it would look like it was fake. Yeah. Dahmer thought that Anthony Sears was so attractive that he kept and mummified Sears' penis in acetone. And I actually read that he, before this, had been calling taxidermists to ask them, like, what they use to, like, preserve things. And they had told him about the specific type of acetone that they use. So this is the first victim that Dahmer keeps genitalia from, which he eventually does hang on to a lot of penises. (laughs) keeps them in drawers but this prized prized penis he keeps in his work locker at the chocolate factory uh, he's all in his breaks just opening up his locker like peeking inside what a fucking this chocolate creep i know Ooh. dips it so, in oh gosh yeah i'm sorry i wasn't so wrong earlier it's like fun dip uh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's, oh, uh, all right that's quite the vision. <laughs> the mystery it's flavor. so gross. Like, what are you doing with that? I just imagine that. Sorry, not to get too terrible here, but that penis gotta be super flaccid. Like after, it's gonna yeah. be. Yeah, and like, I mean, I know that he he mummified it and all of that, but I'm sure that there was like a smell. And oh, so gross. Like, this is why they invented vibrators. <laughs> Dude, like, you could go to the sex shop. You don't need to be doing this. Um, I, you, know, you can make yourself whatever. a chocolate penis. <laughs> yeah. I suggested it earlier. Come on. You had to be thinking it. All right. So um, now Dahmer's found guilty of the assault of 13-year-old Keeson. He later said in an FBI interview that when the police searched his apartment for evidence on this case, they missed a school that he had thrown a towel on. And placed in a drawer. <laughs> so he just like throwed towels over his, his skulls and the mummified penis and oh whatever. My gosh. So he said that the entire time he sat in jail, he was waiting for them to come and tell them that they had found, like, you know, his stash. Um, but they were probably so focused on looking for kitty porn that they just glazed over it. He's all Incompetent that great Incompetent police. Yeah, he's all that great paint worked. I'll have to remember <laughs> that next time. So he was sentenced to one year in prison. Um, with day release so that he could go to work still and yeah, so five dumb. years I've probation. never even heard of that. Yeah, he's just letting him like for uh it's like uh, you know what all the times he gets away. <laughs> because you're in trouble, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you free housing for a year, but we're gonna yeah. let you go out and still make money. <laughs> like, right. Just sign me saving up. up. <laughs> yeah, so he's all I only have to give out fifty bucks, so I will just keep saving. So and then he actually only serves eighteen months of his year sentence and he's released on parole. He had to register as a sex offender and he moved into the infamous Oxford apartments, which were three hundred a month, all utilities included. Like <laughs> three hundred a month. Even, all I, utilities included. 
It's disgusting. $300 a month in today's terms is $600 a month. Now, he is living in the ghetto of Milwaukee, and he's not living in California. Like, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I'm from the ghetto. <laughs> I lived in a ghetto apartment. I think you remember oh it. God. It was not yes. fun times. Um, but he's also, you know, in Milwaukee area. California is, like, outrageous. My mom's, the, the neighbor behind my mom's house was, like, a meth lab. And the neighbor <laughs> next door to my mom's house was murdered. And she pays, like, 1800 a month. Yeah, you think they would lower that, you know? I know, like, this is ridiculous. Can you take off Um, 10% for the meth lab and 10% for the murder? Right? So this was at 924 North 25th Street, apartment 213. Um, This is where the next 12 murders are going to take place. And that's where we're actually going to end this episode for now. Pick up next time. Trying to keep it short and sweet. So, Yeah. yeah. Pretty Plus we covered uh, a lot. Covered a lot. <laughs> We're not even really covering a lot yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a few. Uh, it's pretty heavy how it is. I mean, mummified penises and gray skulls and this poor little thirteen-year-old boy. And you haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> you really haven't. Yeah. And that's what's the next awful. episode's going to be a little bit longer um, than this one. But yeah. all I can think about is dear old granny Dahmer. <laughs> I know. I bet after he like went to jail, she's all finally, and he got his own apartment, and she's all hallelujah. Like. I actually read, so she died like a year after he got caught, and all I can imagine is she's probably like, FML, like, just take me. This happened. Yeah, like this happened in my home. I mean, she was uh, pretty old, but I'm sure that that was just too much. The to... shot killed her. Like, I yeah, would have been like, oh my gosh, I've been ready to go. Nope. All right. So uh, thank you guys for listening. And thanks again to all of our patrons. Uh, If you like our content and want to help support us, you can head over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash crimes and cocktails. Get some extra content, get some branded goodies, get the episodes a day early so you don't have to wait. Trying to get that a few days earlier than just a day early, too, by the way. Just yeah. Technical difficulties, as always. We'll finally get our schedules down so we can do that. Um, And, and yeah, like Tabitha said earlier in the episode, we're working on getting you the December stickers. And um, we'll get those out for you guys. Well, thank you all. We will catch you on the flip side next week. I hope you enjoy your Baileys and cola. And uh, have a good night. Bye, guys.